everybody. Happy New Year. Jay and I are taking some time off this week, so you're getting me via video. And while I'm shooting this, it is January 1st, 2021. Before uh, Christmas, a few weeks before Christmas, or I guess it was maybe a week before Christmas, when we had that giant snowstorm, uh, there was a really cool thing that happened with our kids and the snow. So uh, the kids all needed new snow boots. The ones that they had were just wearing out. They were cracked in places. The treads were totally gone. The insulation was wearing out, and they were getting small. And so, you know, a few weeks, uh, you know, leading up to Christmas, I was like, hey, I really want to get the kids new snow boots. And so I went online, found some great ones. It was awesome and was able to buy them and they were getting shipped to our house. And so uh, the really neat thing was that we had this big snowstorm and they came the day before, like literally the afternoon or night before the snow hit. And so we decided, Jade and I together, to let the kids uh, open up their snow boots the next morning when they woke up. So they were all at the breakfast table and they came downstairs and there was snow on the ground. They were super excited and there were new snow boots um, waiting for them at the table. And to me, that was uh, a wink of God moment where, you know, we had not obviously planned the weather and we also didn't really plan about when they were going to be delivered. We just knew it would be before Christmas. And that was a really neat moment. Just, wow, God, thanks for working that out. It was really special for our kids. And so, Lord, whatever hand you played in, in that happening, it was just a neat little moment for our family. And the kids obviously had a blast playing in the snow that day. So the question that I want to bring today as we, today is the first day as I'm filming this of 2021, um, is really to ask, hey, what is the provision of the Lord for us this year? What, what, what surprise does he have for us in store? What is he saying to us about 2021? Um, what is it that God wants to continually put before us this year as he has in the past? And so here's my sense for 2021. The word of the Lord is actually just one word, and it is faith. This, for us at Antioch Beverly, is going to be the year of faith. Now, that may not be a surprise because I've been talking an awful lot about this. As I prayed and asked the Lord, I really sensed that he's saying, hey, it's, it's time to double down here on faith. Because this is actually where it all hinges. It's where it begins and ends and how we begin a relationship with God, and then how we also continue that relationship with God and grow in the knowledge of the glory of our Savior, Jesus. So today, uh, and for this year, the word of the Lord is, is faith. Here's a, just a couple of passages you've heard me share recently about faith and why it is so important. So here's where we see that first in the Bible, and then I want to talk about Two enemies uh, that uh, that are against faith, or that that try to disarm or or take away our faith. Paul says the only thing that counts is faith, which then expresses itself in love, just as James says, right? Faith without works is dead. True faith, that where we're trusting God, <clears throat> always results or expresses itself in works and in love. Uh, the work of God is this, Jesus says, to believe 
in the one that he has sent. Romans 5, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Romans 11, you stand fast through faith. 2 Corinthians 1, it is by faith you stand firm. 2 Corinthians 5, we walk by faith, not by sight. Ephesians 3, in him and through faith in him, we may enter God's presence with boldness and confidence. Hebrews 11 defines faith for us. Now faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. Faith is how we begin a relationship with God and it's how we continue it. It's all about faith for God. He wants us merely to trust him. To trust in his provision, one, through Jesus, to forgive our sins, to bring us into relationship with him, that the work of Jesus on the cross tore the veil top to bottom that separated men from God. And now we have access by trusting the, the accomplishment, the victory of Jesus on the cross. We now have access to relationship with God. It's not by living a holy life. It's not by doing lots of good things. It's not by trying to be really religious and, and, and work up uh, a life that could please God. Actually, those things all flow out of a relationship with God that is accessed by faith. Faith is the linchpin for everything. And so that is what God is calling us to this year, is really drilling down and saying, hey, what am I believing? And in what ways am I trusting God? And in what ways is he challenging me to trust him in new ways? Faith accesses the fullness of eternal life. Faith is how God has set it up so that we gain access to God's eternal divine life. It is merely by trusting him. There is nothing that we can do to transform ourselves. There's nothing that we can do to, to earn a, a relationship with God. It all hinges on what we believe. <clears throat> So, as I mentioned before, there's two enemies of faith. And the first enemy of faith is the lies of the devil. What is the devil's plan? His strategy is to cut us off right at the start by saying, by, by speaking lies to us that will cause us to, to lean into unbelief and to doubt what God says, right? This is what he did from the beginning, right? Adam and Eve, when they fell, Satan's strategy was to get them to doubt, did God really say? It's unbelief that leads to everything else, all the other dysfunction. And that is the thing, obviously, that God railed against with the Israelites in the desert, is that they didn't believe. They were judged for their unbelief. <clears throat> Public enemy number one is the devil's lies. The devil knows that if he can deceive you, he can disarm you and keep you from enjoying God and living the life that God has for you to live. Now, listen to Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Notice whose power is it? It's God's. 
We're just leaning into his power by faith. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now notice what the strategy is, right? The devil's schemes it's talking about, but notice what the antidote is to that. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish, extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now notice, there's six pieces of equipment. Four of them have to do with truth. The belt of truth, obviously. The feet fitted with the gospel. The message of salvation. Uh, faith. The shield of faith. Which, what are we actually believing? We are believing the truth. And we are believing the gospel. And then the word of God itself, right? What God speaks the Bible, right? All of this is, 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 is giving us the ability to extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. What we believe is everything when it comes to the kingdom. It shifts the whole direction of our life and how we relate to God, ourselves, and the people around us. And so Paul's writing this and he is fully aware, right, that the way to disarm the schemes of the devil, which is lies, right? The father of lies, the inventor of lies is just simply faith. It's believing truth. It's believing the gospel. It's believing what the word of God says. It totally dismantles what the devil is trying to do to derail us. And so that's public enemy number one, the devil's lies. Faith extinguishes that. Um, <clears throat> on Christmas day, Jade had this, this wonderful meal planned for our family. And uh, she went to put this first uh, thing in the oven. I think it was potatoes that were like scalloped potatoes, but she was baking them in um, muffin, a muffin tin. It's a really cool thing. And the oven wouldn't turn on. And so uh, that's, that's kind of an issue if you're wanting to cook a meal in the oven. Now, that had actually happened a couple of months before that. And so a friend of mine, Gary, had come over and uh, helped me. Uh, really heated all the work, pulled the oven out and just noticed, hey, there's a wire that's disconnected. That's why the oven is not turning on. So the first time it wouldn't turn on, I didn't have any knowledge. I had no truth. I had no understanding about how really an oven worked. This time I was prepared for this, you know, scheme of the enemy okay? or just dysfunction of entropy and the lies we live. So I opened the oven myself. I said, hey, you know, if, if, if this is the problem, I at least know how to fix this one problem. Sure enough, I pull the oven open and there's a wire that was old that had just come, come disconnected. And hey, if you ever do this at home, I hit the breaker first. So there was no electrical current running through the oven. Just, you know, safety check there. Um, and sure enough, it was just a wire that was disconnected. I was able to reconnect it and the oven was on and another half an hour probably took me to figure it all out and get the tools I needed and all that stuff. And boom, Christmas dinner was saved. 
hey, there was a belief in me that came through Gary, right? Of both the knowledge, there was a knowledge piece, a truth component, but also a belief about myself and my own potential ability to repair this oven. It was the game changer for Christmas dinner getting on the table. It's the same thing in life. What we believe about God, is he good? Is he going to provide for me? Is he with me? Can I relate to him? Is he angry at me? Is he judging me? Is he around? Can I rely on him? All of those things are game changers are about how we will behave and what we think about ourselves, which is why identity, and there's so much that the Bible has to say about who you are. And we're going to be drilling into those things and the gospel and what that has to say about who God is for us and who you are because of what Jesus has done. That's the game changer in life. And believing the truth extinguishes all the schemes of the enemy. He can do whatever he wants, but if we're believing truth, it ain't going to be a victory for darkness. Jesus and his kingdom will win. Faith always triumphs. It doesn't matter what the devil does. If we walk in faith, it's a win for Jesus every time. God can always make any plan of the enemy backfire when we choose to walk in faith. All right, public enemy number two is the religion of man. Believe it or not, it's, it's empty religion. It's, it's acts of people trying to somehow change themselves by their own effort or uh, work themselves into pleasing God that actually dismantles and, and makes faith inert or just a non-factor. Listen to what, you know, Paul just writes this letter to the, this church in Galatia, and he's so upset with them. And this is probably the first book written, I think, in the New Testament. He says in chapter 3, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. As the antidote to the religious hamster wheel that goes nowhere is a simple childlike trust in Abba Father and in Jesus who was crucified for us, removing the curse, taking our sin away and releasing his eternal life, bringing us into his life because we are crucified with him and therefore we are raised to new life with Jesus. It's simply leaning into that fact, putting your trust in Jesus that releases Holy Spirit work in your life to help you live a life of love, to let crazy miracles happen from you when you pray. It's all, it's all based on faith. It's not based on your track record of obedience. Obedience flows from faith, but obedience does not get us somewhere with God. It's for, it, it's from him and through him and to him, right, are all things. God gives us, right, the, the, the ability to obey. Our only thing that we're doing to access that cycle of from him, through him, and to him, all, all things is faith. 
where we receive from God and then through him we're able to love and do his work in this world. And then it all just goes back to him as glory. We just say, thank you, Jesus, for working in me and the way that you're changing my life. You're, you've changed me and you're working through me. Now, this is a tricky one. So lots of evangelicals say, well, I'm, you know, I'm not religious. I have a relationship with Jesus. But we like to get really religious with from how we pray to you know how we assess our spiritual life based on did I have a quiet time today and that somehow you know throws off my relationship with God if I haven't done certain religious practices come on there's something here for us in this and and a huge piece of religion is a is a letting go of control that's really what it is we the difference between religion and pursuing God is that Pursuing God is, is, is releasing ourselves into him. There's not an expectation. There's an anticipation of good, but not a demand placed on God or a manipulative posture where if I jump through certain hoops, then God will have to do X, Y, and Z for me. Whether it's ministry things that I want to see this happen or my, my own you know, personality, character, shift, freedom from, etc. Although, of course, so much of that is just in the cross of Christ to, you know, things that we want to see happen in our lives. We use religion sometimes to think that we can, you know, gain something with God so that therefore he will bless us in the ways that we want or use us so we can feel better about ourselves based on what we've accomplished, you know, for the kingdom. When really it's about puffing ourselves up. Maybe I'm just preaching myself. Hey, that's that's good enough for me, I guess. Hope we're doing something for you. All right. So the key is, hey, we don't want to add to the gospel. We are going to live a life of faith because faith is actually the only thing that counts. And when we trust God, all everything else will flow from that. Love, joy, and peace, hope, right? And even supernatural power, ideas and strategies in our life, the wisdom of God, everything that he has for us. So we're not trusting in religious practices so that we can gain access to God or get favors from him. We already have the greatest favor in the world. We've already received every spiritual blessing because of what Jesus has done, a relationship of God that we can enjoy him forever. And that's what the Christian life is really about. It's about learning how to to celebrate like nobody's business because we have now accessed the, the eternal divine life of the Trinitarian God who we can relate to and connect with any moment. And we're not doing that, you know, even if we're not sensing or feeling that, we are trusting that by faith, that is what we have. And that's the linchpin. So the word of the Lord for us this year, guys, is faith. It's a simple one, but man, it is a powerful one. I'm not saying it's easy, but man, it's a heck of a lot easier than trying to earn our way to God. And it's a lot better than believing the lies of the devil. On Christmas night, I forgot to mention this. Uh, One thing that I did do when I was trying to figure out the oven was there's this little piece that I needed to connect this wire and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to use the one that was there. I texted my neighbor, Kyle. It was Christmas Day. And you know what? Because I have a relationship with him and because I know who he is, because I trust the person that he is and the friend that he is to me, I had no problem texting him on Christmas night. And guess what? He replied right away and he said, yeah, come on over. Let's look through the bar and see what I've got. And so that was huge for me. Just knowing that, you know, I'm not basing my relationship with him or my thought of maybe asking him for some help 
because I've somehow done all these neighborly things for him. No, it's because of who he is. Because I know who he is and I trust the person that he is. Because he's an amazing person and an amazing neighbor. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't trying to jump through some you know, religious hoops to connect with him. Jesus has given us free access to God the Father. Not so that we can manipulate him and get everything we want, but so that we can let ourselves go. We can release control. And that's what relationship with God is all about. That's, how, that's where enjoyment and connection from, comes from. So hey, 2021 is going to be an awesome year. We get to choose that. We get to believe that it's going to be awesome. It's not going to be based on the circumstances of this world because what we are going for is an incredible life of encounter with Jesus every day, feasting on him, right? His body and his blood, drinking the the, the wine of the spirit and feasting on the body of Jesus every day. We're going to do that by faith. And we're going to watch and receive whatever good things it is that God has for us. So we are not expecting, we are anticipating great things. We're not making demands and manipulating. We're just releasing ourselves into the glory of Jesus in 2021. So hey, two applications I want to leave you with. And these are two questions we're going to, we're going to be asking each other over and over again this year. Two key discipleship questions. The first is this, and I, I say this one all the time, is what is God saying to you? That is a disarming of the, of the enemy of religion. It totally disarms religion because it's all about relationship. How is God speaking to you regardless of your sin, regardless of how you failed in the past? God's still speaking something and it's filled with hope and life for you. The second question that I want to introduce is this. What are you believing? What are you believing? What are you believing about the circumstances you're in, the difficult situation that you're in? What are you believing about God today? What are you believing about yourself? What are you believing about your kids? What are you believing about that coworker? Whatever it is that comes up in conversation where there's an issue or there's something there, that's where as a friend or someone who's in a discipleship relationship, life group, whatever, you say, hey, what are you believing about that? Hey, what are you believing about God right now as I hear you talk? What are you believing about yourself? How does God want to shift that? And that's where the word of God comes in, right? So this is, again, we're always worshiping God in spirit and in truth. We're relating to him personally. God, what are you saying to me? And we're also relating to the truth. What are you believing? Those two things are a game changer. They're they're centered around this word of faith where we're living life in a trusting relationship with God. Hey guys, hope you have a wonderful day. It's good to be with you, or at least for you to see this video. I love you. See ya.